Uh, I started a series last week, and uh, I just titled this series, Jesus Is. Everyone say, Jesus Is. And last week, we talked about Jesus uh, being uh, the way. Amen. How many know that Jesus is the way? Uh, hey, uh, boy, boy, there's the five of you do. All right, Jesus is the way. And uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 14. I'm, I'm going to get right into uh, what, I, what I feel like the Lord is speaking to me today. I know it's Palm Sunday, and you're not going to, you're going to get a little bit of Palm Sunday, but I, uh, I really feel like the Lord laid this on my heart. And uh, how many know that sometimes when you preach certain things, the devil gets riled up? The devil, listen, I'm going to tell you, I had uh, probably one of the hardest weeks this last week. Um, and you say, well, what was so hard about it? Well, it just seemed like if it, 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 nothing would just turn out right is what it, you know, you ever, you ever been there where you try to do something and, and it just seems like you can't get it right? And, uh, you know, when you start preaching things like Jesus is the way, the only way, the enemy does not like that because there is a truth to that. Amen? Now, come on, somebody. Uh, there is a truth to that, and the enemy cannot stand that. Matter of fact, the enemy knows nothing but lies. He is the father of lies is what the scripture tells us. And so, um, but I, I, we started this series, Jesus Is, and we talked about Jesus is the way last week. This, this week, we're going to talk about Jesus is the truth. How many know that Jesus is the truth? Amen. Amen. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. That's Come on now. And I'll say this, if you'll preach with me, we'll, we'll, we'll get through this. And we'll, if you'll help me carry this load to the top of the hill, we'll get on the wagon and ride down together, all right? Uh, we can do that. And so John chapter uh, 14, verse 6, and this is a very, uh, one of the most, uh, Jesus spoke this with such authority and such power. I love this verse. I've been just glean, uh, gleaning from this verse just over and over and over and over and so many truths in this. And you know, the, you know the story. I mentioned it last week that the disciples were discouraged and Jesus is talking about going away. And the first thing that he says in John chapter 14 verse 1 is let not your hearts be troubled. And he begins to just lay out, hey, you don't have to be discouraged. Don't be things. How many know that the world can, and, and Sula talked about it, how many know that the world can come in and try to discourage you and, and make you want to want to stop and make you want to quit? Amen. Well, Jesus' word to his disciples and to us today is, let not your hearts be troubled. Amen. And so, uh, but, but in verse 6, Jesus said to him, and, um, and he said this, I am the way, I and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is a powerful bit of scripture right there. That is so potent. Man, that is stronger than horseradish right there. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for your word today. God, I thank you for your anointing today. God, I pray, Lord, that you would anoint me. God, your word is already anointed. God, I, I pray, Lord, it goes forth in power and might. God, I pray, Lord, that it lands in soft soil of hearts today. God, I pray, Lord, that people's lives would be changed. Hearts would be moved by the power uh, of, of the Lord today. God, we ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray it. Everybody said amen. 
Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So uh, I, I talked about the way last week, and I, I mentioned this, and I'm going to mention it again, but um, you see, without the way, there is no going, right? If we don't know the way, we don't know where we're going, right? Uh, and so, um, you know, if, if that's not clear, we're just going to ramble, right? We're just going to just go around and not have a purpose and a plan. See, see, without the way, there is no going. And without the truth, there is no knowing. If you don't know the truth, listen, you won't understand what's going on. How many know that? How many can say today, hey, you've learned some things about uh, life and you know more today than you did maybe 10 years ago or five years ago? How many can say that? All right. Uh, life has a way of teaching you some things. And, uh, but w- without the truth, there's no knowing. And without the life, there is no living. And so um, these, are, these are kind of the points that I'm, I'm leaning on. And, but I want to talk today about the truth. Without the truth, there is no knowing. So the Greek word here uh, for truth in John um, 14, 6 means this, okay? Get ready for this. Fact or reality. All right, here's the, here's the flip side of that. The opposite of illusion. So, so uh, when Jesus says, I am the way and the truth, he is saying, I am the fact or I am the reality. I am the opposite of illusion. How many can say today we live in a society that is full of illusion? There's a lot of people who think they know the truth, but they are living a lie. Come on, somebody, right? All right. And this Greek word here, truth, is literally this. It's the fact. See, here's what I do know. Truth does exist. Amen? It is absolute. The truth, whether it agrees with me or doesn't agree with me, it exists. Let me give you, uh, it's not a matter of opinion. And truth is not relative. Come on, somebody. Truth is not relative. Uh, uh, it's it's matter matters of fact. It's it, uh, you know uh, there. Here's what we need to know. I'll give you a good example. You can say, "Hey, I don't believe in gravity." All you want, but gravity is going to plant your feet on the ground, and you are not going to fly away because gravity is a fact. You don't believe me? Say, "I don't believe in gravity." You can go up to a hillside or a cliff. And if you don't believe in it, that's fine. You're going to find the reality that it does exist if you jump off of that cliff. Amen? And so we need to understand So this about the truth. So uh, gravity is no less gravity simply because you choose not to believe in it. Somebody hear me out today. And God is no less God because you choose not to believe in him. Amen? So reality is not a construct or a belief. What you believe uh, uh, something to be does not change what something is. Let me say that one more time for the people in the balcony, all right? What you believe something to be does not change what something is. All right. Buckle up because it's going to be a bumpy ride today, all right? <laughs> Truth is what it is. It's not relative. Truth has not changed. Truth is the truth, and truth is a very important aspect of the Scripture. I can give you a good example. If you think about this, when you're on a jury, anybody ever had jury duty in here? 
you people that's, that are, oh, I'm busy, I got this, I write, you're writing all your excuses not to go. It's your civic duty, all right? Listen, uh, but, but juries, you know what they tell you, that, and when you go to serve on a jury is you, you need to be here and you need to seek what the truth is, right? I'll tell you this, if you're on trial and you are truly innocent, you want the truth to come out. If you're on trial and you are not innocent, you want to try to bend the truth. Come on, somebody, right? Oh, man, nobody wants to hear that today, right? And you want to try to bend the truth to make the jury think that you are, all right, come on, somebody, right? So I, I want to talk to you today about the truth, and, and, and there will be some absolutes in this. And I, Listen, I need you to just, to just get your heart ready today. Uh, this is a very pointed s- subject right here. This is a tough subject for a lot of people, but you, you know what? This is what I'll say right now. Holy Spirit, soften our hearts to the truth. Soften my heart to the truth, all right? All right, so here's the first point right here. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the the truth. So the truth, so we know this, Jesus Christ is the way. And here's what we know. The way is the foundation, okay? This is the the start of it. So then uh, there can only be, if there's only one way, there can only be what? One truth. Right? If I was to ask everybody, hey, how do we get to Indianapolis from here? Everyone would probably give me different directions on how to get to Indianapolis. But if I didn't tell you where I was going in Indianapolis, some of you may send me out by the airport. Some may send me to the middle of Indianapolis. You know, and we might all have differing views. But, but here's what we need to know. And Jesus said it like this. There's one way to the Father, and that is through him. I said it last week, and it bears repeating. You say, hey, that sounds very exclusive. It is. But Jesus says this, uh, for God so loves the world that whosoever believes in him, whosoever. So if you will chase after God, it is exclusive, but he wants everybody to come. Scripture says that his will is that none should perish. So he's giving everyone an invitation to come, but you can only come one way. Amen? One way. And so, so if the way is the foundation, so then the truth is built up on the one way and, then the, uh, and, and only one life proceeding from it. So these three things, they go together. I love this statement because uh, Jesus, man, there's so much authority in this. So because he is the way to the Father. Everyone say, Jesus is the way to the Father. He is the way to heaven. He is the way to life. Then he must be the truth, the only truth, and the only life to follow from that. Okay, listen to me. There's some some potency in this. Look at this. 29 times in the book of John, in this simple book, Jesus says this, I tell you the truth. 29 times Jesus says that. You know, um, uh, truth is, is the foundation for all that we know and all that we do. Amen? But yet, many people still ask the question, what is the truth? What is the truth? As a matter of fact, has anybody ever asked that question and thought, what is the truth here? Have you, ever, have you ever thought that in your mind? Matter of fact, you're not alone if you've ever asked that question because this question was asked and 2000, over 2,000 years ago, uh, in, in John chapter 18, verse 37 and 38, 
Pilate is talking to Jesus, Pontius Pilate, he's on, Jesus is on trial and Pontius Pilate is talking to him. And, and it says, then Pilate said to him, so you are a king. He's asking Jesus this. I love Jesus' response. He answers in, 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 in you know, this unique way. And he answered, you say that I am a king. You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the To the truth, everyone who is of the truth listens to whose voice? Jesus' voice. Man, I know you said, boy, this is so pointed. But look at this. Look at verse 38. Pilate said to him, what is truth? This is amazing to me. This, this little exchange between the Son of God and this, this Roman leader who's been placed over, over there to rule, to kind of keep uh, Jerusalem in, in check. And so he says this, Jesus said, hey, I, I was born and for this purpose I have come to this world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said, what is truth? And if you know the rest of that story, he goes back out and he talks to the, the people that want Jesus on trial. And he said, there's, there's nothing here that we can argue here. And, he, and, and, and then he, they give him the option of Barabbas versus Jesus. And, 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 you know, they choose Barabbas. So, and after he said this, this you know, it's interesting. He, he, and Pilate said, I find no guilt in him. You know what's interesting to me, just rest assured, is just as Pilate asked this question to Jesus, Jesus had already declared that the truth was found in him and through him to his disciples. John chapter 14 was actually preceded this statement, but he had already said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. He had already declared those things, but it's interesting. And it's, it's, it's crazy to me because Pilate is asking for the answer of truth to the person who is the truth. It's kind of like this. I'll give you a good example of this. It's like when you were in school and your teacher said, hey, we're going to have a quiz. Or you had a substitute teacher. Some of you uh, uh, students know what I'm talking about. And if you had a substitute teacher, sometimes, you know, if they didn't know exactly what was going on in the classroom, come on, don't act all innocent like you guys don't do it when you have a substitute teacher. I'm looking at all you guys down here. Oh, our teacher lets us do this. Uh-huh, yeah, I'm sure they do, right? But if, if the teacher's gone and you are taking a test and for some reason substitute teacher doesn't really know what you're taking, the test on necessarily, and there may be some notes that have been left up on, not chalkboards anymore, but on the whiteboard, right? Some of you, if you know what chalkboards are, you, you know, pound the dust, right? Clean them, all that stuff. You guys don't even know a wonderful little wipe and clean. It's all clean now. Y'all don't know what it's like to, to breathe in chalk dust, all right? That's why that older generation's tougher than you guys. All right, I'll leave that alone right there. But 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 anyways, but anyways, so but but sometimes when when there's a substitute teacher and and you're taking the test and they don't realize that some of the answers have been left up on the blackboard or on the blackboard. Whew, come on, TJ, on the whiteboard. Okay, whatever whatever board there is. You know what? You don't say a word, do you? Because the answer's right there. Yeah, I'm ready to take this. Boy, you guys took that test really fast. It's interesting. That should have took at least, you know, the class time. But, it, I mean, everyone's done in 15 minutes. That's an odd oddity right right there. But but it's, it's interesting to me because the answer, Pilate's asking, what is the truth? And the answer is sitting right in front of him. And I can't help but think that's us a lot of the times. Lord, I need the answer. Lord, I need this. And God's like, 
I am the answer. I am the truth. Understand this. And so in John chapter 1, verse 14, go with me there if you have your Bibles. John chapter 1, verse 14. And this gives us a little bit of understanding of why Jesus came. I, I want to talk about this. I need, to, I need to lay this out for you. So I'm laying a foundation. I promise we're going somewhere, okay? We're going somewhere with this. John chapter 1, verse 14 says this. And then the Word became flesh. Word is capitalized there, W capital W, meaning, and Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory as of only a, a son from the Father. Look at this, full of grace and, full of grace and, man, you hear a lot of people talk about grace, but they miss this other side of Jesus, the truth of who Jesus Christ is, amen? So, so it says this, he's, uh, he's full of grace, two things here, he's full of grace, Jesus is full of grace, how many are grateful for grace? Grace is unmerited favor, you uh, are basically, it is a beautiful thing, Romans 5, 8 says, but God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know what that is? That is God's grace taking care of you. Here's what I know, and they used to sing the song, I owed a debt that I could not pay, and he paid a debt that I could not pay. And listen, the wages of sin is death, and Jesus Christ paid your debt on the cross, and you are free today because of that. Amen? I'll never forget, we were growing up, and my parents were pastors. And one Sunday, a, a family in our church, they invited us to go eat somewhere. And we went out to eat. And when we got to the place that we're eating, this, this uh, husband, he, he, I was there, and he came up to my dad. And I was standing next to my dad, and he said, Pastor, we, we would like to buy your lunch today. Man, you never tell anybody that before you, you just let them order and then you buy their lunch, just so you know. That's the way that works. But, but, and, and so my dad said, oh, oh okay, you know. And uh, so we, we, we ate. I don't remember where we ate. I don't even remember, but I, this story is so funny to me. And we ate, and then we got time to pay. And, and this guy, you know, he, he, he came up to my dad and he said, Pastor, this was a little bit more than I thought. So I'm not going to be able to buy your lunch right now, but but I'll get you some money. So can you pay for your own, you know, right? Come on. Man, don't act like that you've never done anything like that, right? Man, have you, have, you, have, you ever, have you ever done that, right? I remember one time me and Tristan were, were eating out, and I, I don't remember if we were first married or engaged, you know, sitting there looking at each other. You know, we love each other so much, right? And, and looking into each other's deep blue eyes and getting lost between uh, riblets and salad and looking at each other, right? Whatever. But, but I remember one time we were, we were eating and um, our pastors walked in. And while we were eating, and we were like waved at them. And they came and said hey to us. And they went and ate. And while we were sitting there, we were waiting on the check, waiting on the check. And I finally asked the waitress. I'm like, hey, uh, can I get the check? And she said, your debt has already been paid. That, that couple over there paid, paid for your meal. Listen, so let me tell you something. That's exactly what Jesus Christ did. You owed a debt, and Jesus Christ said, hey, I got it covered. You don't have to worry about it. You can just, just walk out of this. You can walk out of this life of sin. You are, you are free, amen? So he is full of grace. Everyone say full of grace. Here's the second thing Jesus is. He is full of truth. <sighs> full of truth. Oh, when God revealed himself to Moses, he 
he, he claimed himself to be abounding in goodness and in truth in Exodus 34. How many remember that, right? But, but this verse uh, is, is, is the son from the father full of grace and truth means he is perfect. He is the perfect redemption and the perfect revelation. He, he is perfect. Everyone say, Jesus is perfect. He is the perfect balance of grace and truth. All right, he is the perfect balance of grace and truth. So some people, all right, get ready, buckle up. Some of you are going to be looking at your neighbor here in a minute. Some people are very truthful, but they're not seasoned in grace at all. Come on, somebody. Right? I'll tell you the truth. I don't care if it hurts your feelings. I don't care, but I'm just going to tell you like it is, right? Come on, somebody. You're all, don't look around in here. We don't look. If you look straight ahead, no one will know it's you, all right? So, but, you know, and, and, and here's the thing. Somebody who is constantly telling the truth without being seasoned in grace, they're hard to be around. It's just like, okay, we know what you think. We know what you're saying because you're, you're definitely, oh, I tell you, uh, the, the, the people that are the best at this, whoo, man, the people that are the best at this are kids. Because kids tell the truth and they're not worried about your feelings necessarily. You know, man, you, you've seen those videos where, where kids, you know, little kids and, and the mom's like, hey, how do I look? And the kid says, well, mom, you look fat, Right. Right? They're telling the truth, but they're not seasoning. And the dad's over there going, no, why did you say that? Right? And I'll never forget one time I was speaking to a group of interns when I was a young youth pastor. And, and I went and, man, I thought, I'm going to speak to these guys, these 8 to 10 kids, and I'm just going to set the world on fire just in this moment. And I remember I poured my heart out for like an hour to these kids, and it was a class that I was teaching. And I poured my heart out. And afterwards, I went up to one of the, one of the kids and I, uh, afterwards, and I said, man, how, how was that? And he said, it was not your best, T.J., And I said, I rebuke you in the name of, no, I did not. Sometimes we got to be seasoned in grace, right? We got to be seasoned in grace and, and the truth is important. But, but here's the thing. Uh, others, here's the flip side of that. Others are so gracious, but they're not truthful. Ah, right? On the flip side of that. Well, does this make me look bad? You know, you look good compared to other people and. Right? You, there's no truth in it. It's like, no. just. But, but and, and people like that, they're fun to be around for a little bit. But then you're kind of like, are you telling the truth? Or are you just always just trying to pump me up, you know? And, and, and so there's this fine. But Jesus was, was neither harsh nor flaky. He spoke with grace, love, and truth constantly. I love that. And remember after he read the scroll in Isaiah in the synagogue in Nazareth, Luke 4.22, he said, it says this, and all spoke well of him and marveled at his gracious words, come on, that were coming from his mouth. He spoke with grace. He spoke with love. But look at this, Ephesians, and Paul says this when he's writing to the Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 15. He says, rather speaking the truth in love. Come on, somebody. Everyone say truth. 
We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. We are to be growing to the what Christ wants us to be. The closer I get to the Lord, the more I ought to be like him, all right? And so I should be speaking in grace, and I, could, I should be speaking in truth. Jesus modeled this beautifully for us. He's a perfect example. In John chapter 14, Jesus declares himself as the way. This is the way you are to go. And he declares himself the truth. This is what you ought to know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. Right? Some of you are with me. When I follow Jesus, I learn the way, the truth. He is not just the way. He is also the truth. So everyone say, Jesus is the truth. So this is what I want to tell you today. Seek the truth. Here's number two. Seek the truth. Everyone say, seek the truth. Um, there's this, this man, and, and George Washington Carver. Anybody ever heard of George Washington Carver? Anybody know what, he, what he's known for? He, he was this guy who studied a, a, a little plant that nobody wanted to mess with, African-American, uh, uh, highly graduated. He started to study this plant in the South that nobody wanted to talk about, and, and he became one of the most honored and, and respected scientists of his generation by focusing on one simple plant his whole life. Now, this is amazing to me, and, and he would discover some 300 forms of ways that you could use this little plant for your good, and what that plant is, listen, every time you pull out the peanut butter, and you put that on your peanut butter and jelly sandwich, all right, he found there was 300 different ways that you could use peanuts, Amen. How many are allergic to peanuts? I'm sorry if you are. I love me some peanut butter. And, but George Washington, listen, what I'm saying there is George Washington Carver, he researched one simple plant, and he kept going, and he kept digging, and he kept digging, and he kept digging until he found the truth about this little plant. So his testament to keep digging should be our heart's cry when seeking the Lord. Listen, I have not seen what I want to see from the Lord, so I keep digging for his truth. I keep getting a little bit closer, and, and, and I want to know the truth that is Jesus Christ. Who's with me? Amen. Seek the truth. Look at this in Jeremiah. I love this verse, going Old Testament here. Oh, pastor, you're going Old Testament? Sure am. Jeremiah 29, listen, uh, uh, verses 12 and 13, it says this. And, and this, is a, this is a great verse. This is spoken as a promise to Israel, but it's, uh, it's a promise spoken to us today too. Listen, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will what? I will hear you. You will seek me and what? Oh, when you seek the Lord, you're going to find him when you seek me with all your heart. Super important, all your heart. I, I love that. So when we seek the Lord with everything that we are, some of you say, I'm struggling. You know, I just haven't seen the Lord. Are you seeking him with all your heart? I'm not talking about putting your feet in to your ankles and to the pool and saying, yeah, I got into the pool. I'm talking about going to the deep end of the pool and jumping in and saying, yeah, I got into the pool. That's the kind of commitment it takes to know the truth of Jesus Christ. Psalms 25.5 says, lead me in your truth and teach me. Lord, he will lead you into his truth and teach you. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I, I wait all day long. So, so we have to seek the nature of God. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, seek the nature of God. 
here's the thing. We have to seek the truth of God without any preconceived idea of who he is. Some of us want to put parameters on the Lord that the Lord doesn't have those parameters. You can't put God in your box. Can I tell tell you that one more time? You cannot put God in your box. That's not the way that it works. Oh, come on, somebody. I mentioned it last week that the rich young ruler, he wanted the grace of God, but when it came to hearing the truth of God, he could not handle the truth. He walked away that day. That scripture always breaks my heart when I read it and I think about that. So Jesus is who he is and not what you want him to be. Let me say that again. Jesus is who he is and not who you want him to be. Hey, if what you want him to be lines up with the word of God, you're on point. But if you want Jesus to be something that he is not, he will not be that thing. So Jesus is who he is and not what you want to be. So if your view uh, lines up with the word and, and the character of God, listen, God does not change. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever is what Hebrews 13.8 tells us. Malachi 3.6 says, I am God, I change not. Stop trying to make God fit into your box and get yourself submitted to him. And there's the problem with the truth right there. Jesus says, hey, you have to submit to me, not the other way around. And Jesus Christ is the truth, the absolute, the, the fact, and not relative to, to your feelings. As a matter of fact, uh, we have to humbly submit to him. And there's no other way around it. There's an old, old gospel song that says, God's got a way you can't get uh, under. That God's got a way that you can't get over. God's got a way that you can't get around it. You have to go the way that Jesus tells us to go. That's it. That's it. And, and, and some never find the truth of Jesus Christ because here's the truth. We don't really want the truth. We want God to answer our prayers in our terms the way that we want them. And God's saying, I need you to submit to me. I need you to, to know that I have saved you. I need you to know that I am your Lord. Amen. Uh, and, and so and the truth is, you know, sometimes we don't want to handle the truth, Right. And there's a promise here that, that if we seek him with all of our heart, how do we do that? We have to humble our lofty ideals. God, I humble myself before you. God, I, I'm, just, I'm just glad that I get to approach you. I'm just glad that, that you love me. I, I'm just glad that you saw fit to save me. Lord, I, I approach you humbly. I submit myself to you. God, God, I open my heart to you. God, I give you every part of my life. I give you everything. I give you all, my children, my family, my finances, it is yours. I trust you, Jesus. And he promises you will find him. Amen. Winston Churchill said this, men occasionally stumble over the truth. And the most of them pick themselves up and hurry off as if nothing had happened. And here's the thing, that may be common, a common response to the truth, but it places those who respond in that way on the road to tragedy and destruction. There's no way to love and follow God without loving and following the truth of Jesus Christ. The two can't be separated, all right? Listen to me. Seek him. Everyone say seek him. Seek the truth and you will find him. 
Listen to me. I want to encourage you today. Maybe you're here and you're not a believer. Seek the truth and you will find him. That is a promise. Amen. Here's number three right here. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Come on, somebody. Everyone's like, Pastor is flying through this sermon today. Amen. Number three right here. The truth shall set you free. Jesus is the truth, and when you seek the truth with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul, the truth shall set you free. John 8, 31 and 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, all right, these are Jewish people, and they, they had believed in him. And, and he says this, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Verse 32 and you will know the what? And the truth will what? Now, here's the thing. This is probably one of the most misquoted uh, verses in the Bible because people will say this. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. But this is a predecessor to the first part. Verse 31 says this. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, come on, somebody, you are Truly, my disciples, if you want to be set free, you have to abide in who Jesus is. There is no other way, baby. Come on now, somebody. Amen. Amen. So come on. Let's do it if we're going to do it. Come on. So Jesus speaking to these, to these uh, Jews who believed here, they say, well, here's, here's the thing, Jesus. We, we, are, we are the offspring of Abraham. Do you know who we are here? Do you understand the descendants of where we come from? Uh, and listen, we have not been slaves to anybody. Now this, I mean, you do a little history here in the Bible, you'll find out really fast that they're lying because Israel was slaves to Egypt. We have been slaves to no one. Oh, is that right? And here's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, hey, you, you, you are slaves also to sin. Right? Because of their sins, they were taken off in captivity to Babylon. They weren't slaves, but you know what they made them do in Babylon? They made them learn their culture and do their things and, and live like they lived. It's why Daniel was able to stand up and the way that he did. It's why Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were able to stand up because they knew the truth, right? They knew who God was. They weren't going to move on this. But look at this. They, they were slaves also to sin. But look at this. John chapter 8, verse 33 and 34 says, Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. And the slave does not remain in the house forever. Okay. The Son remains forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Potent bit of scripture right here. They, they are getting some truth bombs. It's amazing to me, right? I, you know, I'm going to paraphrase this because, because of time. But Jesus goes on to say, hey, I, I know you're the offspring of Abraham. You ain't telling me nothing I don't already know. But, but here's what I do know. The Father's revealed this to me. You guys are trying to kill me. You guys are about to, 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 to try to take me out. And he is showing me these things. And, and they say this, Abraham is our father. 
And Jesus says this bold statement, well, if you're Abraham's children, why aren't you doing the work of Abraham? Instead, you're trying to kill me. Why? You know, if you are truly, if he's your father, why are you doing the things that you're doing? Look at this. Jump down to verse 41. He says, uh, you're doing uh, the works your father did. He makes, a, he makes a very pointed statement here. They said to him, we were born, uh, uh, they said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. And Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God, and I am here. I came not on my own accord, but he sent me. Here again, Jesus is, is laying it out for them. Say, here's the truth. If you want to really know the Father, you're going to have to know him through me. This is multiple times Jesus has made this statement. Hey, I am the way to the Father. Me and the Father are one. Listen, you, you, if you're going to know the Father, if you want a relationship with him, you're going to have to come through me. So here's the truth. I have come from the Father, and I am here in front of you. Right now. And then he gets a little aggravated. He said, why can't you hear what I'm saying? Do you guys not know? Anybody a little thick-headed in here? Come on. You need to explain down here on the second grade level? Come on, that's me right here. All right? But John 8, 44 and 45 says, you are of your father. Listen, pointed right here. You are of your father the. And you and your will is to do your father's. Ooh, man, that's seasoned in grace, right? It's truth, right? And he was, he, he was a murderer from the beginning, talking about the devil, and goes and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. There is no truth in the devil. There is only truth in Jesus Christ. There is no truth in the devil. But when he lies, he speaks out of his own character. That's what the devil does. When he lies, it is just what is coming natural to him. Out of his own character, for he is a liar and, and the father of all lies. But because I tell you the truth, <laughs> because I tell you the truth right now, he says this, do, uh, you, you do not believe me. So they hear the truth, but they're not ready for the truth. That's a tough statement, right? That's a really tough statement. I think sometimes in our own evaluation, hey, Lord, I'm ready to hear your truth. We say that, but when the truth comes... We're not ready for it. It's like me asking, asking that young man, how did I do? And he said, man, you've done better, TJ, right? I was not ready for that truth. Jesus says, your father is the devil. And he cannot tell the truth. And he's talking to these Jewish believers there. He is the father of lies. And, and, and you are just mimicking his character. And that's what's, what happens when you're out of fellowship with Jesus. I'm telling you the truth. Oh, you know, it kind of reminds me of this. You know, we look at this story, right? And, and when you read a, a book and you look at the story, you're like, why can't these characters get this and understand what he's trying to say? How about this? When you watch a movie and you, you have the character there and, you're, and, and they're about to go into a door and you're like, don't go into that door because it's terrible. You're, why are you making that mistake? And you're watching it, right? And you yell at the TV, don't go in there. Why is she falling in love with him and not the other guy? the rom-com, Lord help me, right? And you're yelling at the TV, don't do it. And we look at this scripture and we say, how in the world did they miss this? Yet, grace and truth of Jesus is, is right here in front of them and they can't even seem to grab it. 
You miss it. Jesus came to be the way, the truth, and the way to the Father. There's no other way, amen? And when you surrender to Jesus, to his way, to his truth, it always leads to life. And who the Son has set free is free indeed, amen? Now, I, I, I want to wrap this up. So everyone say, Jesus is the truth. Seek the truth. And then the truth shall set you free, Amen. Here's the thing, and I, I want to I say this, and I, I've, I've come to this, to this moment right here. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss the truth. Don't miss the truth. Uh, some would, would be like Pontius Pilate and say, what, what is the truth? And, and wander their life and never actually get to see the answer to what that is. Jesus right in front of him, he saw the truth, missed it. What, or they might be like this group here in John chapter 8 who, who will not align their truth to what Jesus is saying, okay? And they're living a lie. Let me give you one more example, all right? You ready for this? Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. Fulfilling prophecy, too, on that donkey. Palm Sunday, we celebrate it, right? We get excited. We used to get palms and you know, some of you know what I'm talking about. The old services, we'd wave the palms, right? You know what I'm. We don't have palm trees around here, so we can't do that, right? And they they are shouting, "Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna, Son of David!" Right? They're yelling this. They're excited. And the, and the, the Pharisees that were like, "Tell your followers to to pipe down, calm down," right? And then. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and, and a small portion of John, it, it tells this story of Luke 19, 41, when Jesus, uh, uh, this is beautiful, I, I love this. This is a beautiful picture of Jesus. It tells us that Jesus, weeping over Jerusalem while he got closer to the city, and it's the only account that I think, I believe, speaks of that. In verse 41, it says, when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it. When he saw Jerusalem, he began to weep over it. He began to, to mourn for it, saying, would that you, even you, had known this day the things that make for peace. Sue, that's like what you talked about. To peace. This, this day I have come, I have come to make things right between man and God. But then he says this statement, but now they are what? Hidden from your eyes. See, what they wanted out of Jesus was him to come in and raise up an insurrection. Oh, we're going to finally take on Rome. They've beat us down. You know what? He's going to be our leader. He's going he's to win by might. He, he is our king. This is our guy. This is what they're thinking in their mind. And they had the wrong, and they had a lie about who he was because Jesus was not interested in building a simple kingdom here on earth. He was interested in building the kingdom of God that would last for eternity, that would save a dying soul 2,000 years later. All of us in here, he was looking beyond that temporal moment, and he knew the truth. And listen, it was right in front of their eyes, yet they missed it. It's interesting to me. Some of you have been battling the truth. You've been battling lies. The enemy's been, t been telling you, hey, you, you are worthless. You're no good. Some of you have been listening to those things in your mind. Depression has set in. Anxiety has set in. And God says, no, 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 no. You are my masterpiece. And God says, hey, you're not the tail. You're the head. Stop, stop believing the lies of the enemy. 
the truth of who you are. Listen, listen to what I say about you and stop worrying about what the world says about you. And some of you have been, have been battling that. And, and Jesus is the way. Amen. If you'll seek him, you will find him. Listen. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. Will you bow your heads with me? He is the